So we'll be reading from Ephesians 4. Y'all can take a seat. So I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human, human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So as you can see, I did walk the Mackinac Bridge. You know, and it connects the lower, the lower part of Michigan to the upper part of Michigan. Um, I may have walked that bridge, but Christ has made a bridge for each of us, all of us. He fills us. He, he has made a way for us to come and to be with him. To, and not just to be with him, but also to be with one another and to minister and to serve one another. So the table is set. If you have a word, if you have a gift, if you have something, please, please come. Please come. The table is set for each of us, for all of us. We all have a gift. Please bring your gift. Good morning. My name is Grace Van Slambrook. Um, 
And this morning I have a word, I guess, specifically for those of you who struggle to understand God as, as a good dad, um, God as a, a good parent in general. Um, so I'll start with a little testimony and then end with the word of encouragement. Um, at the beginning, well, I'll start back further. My husband and I are in the process of adopting, and um, I just started thinking, like, I, I better understand what it means for God to be a good parent before I become one. Um, and so kind of at the beginning of the year was just asking for clearer understanding of God as father. Um, and as father specifically because my father didn't write a good narrative for me. Um, <coughs> and the Lord has redeemed that in so many beautiful, beautiful ways, and that's a testimony in and of itself. Um, but from zero to ten, my dad was not super present, and when I was ten, he cheated on my mom, and praise God, he's been redeemed. My parents are together. That's a huge, beautiful story, um, but that still twisted my idea of God as father, so um, because of that, I've struggled to kind of relate to him, and like, I know that he's good, and he's to be revered, and all of that, <laughs> um, but is he loving? Does he care about my feelings? Does he care about my little needs, all of those things, because i that wasn't the narrative that I knew in my life. Um, so over the course of the year, the Lord has just been giving me pictures kind of at random times of me at different ages, starting as an infant in January, and him as a loving father um, holding a baby <laughs> um, with all the love that a new parent feels for their child. And then later in the year as a two-year-old and just running around and chasing me around and having so much fun with me and kind of just like building memories in a way of him as dad and as a, as a five-year-old and as a seven-year-old and just this morning as a 10-year-old um, comforting me when I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on in life. Um, so... Spiritual grace is 10 years old, I guess, and <laughs> has understood God as Father in a different way. Um, so I just want to encourage you that it might happen, probably will happen really differently for you and in the way that you need it to happen. But um, when you ask the Lord to rewrite the narrative of parent for you, he wants to because he's a good, good father. And if those words feel hard for you, he wants to make them easy for you. Um, and so I just encourage you to ask. And if it's your mom, then ask him what it means to be motherly uh, and rewrite the narrative of what a good mom is to you. He can do that, too, because he's without gender. So <laughs> he can show you what male and female looks like. Um, and just, yeah, I guess I was encouraged to, Spencer, with what you shared in Scripture just about you you were babies and now you're growing up and just the gift that the Lord has for you to grow up and to understand and not just be the baby who's like sweet this person's carrying me around and feeding me but to being the 10 year old or the adult who has solid relationship and trust and love uh, mutually with their parents so yeah I encourage you if you have trouble with God as parent ask him to rewrite that narrative because he wants to. This is John three sixteen and 17. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So a repetitive thought kept coming to me and saying the gospel needs to be put forth. Somebody in this audience needs to hear it very simply. And so um, I was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed being against God at one time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, screw being told what to do. I don't want to be around that God being. And so um, in my dad's last couple of conversations, he said, I'll see you when you get to heaven. So last October, I renewed my relationship with Jesus. And I've never... <laughs> So in a nutshell, the gospel is, I'm a sinner. I want things my own way. Jesus came and died because there was no adequate sacrifice. And he wants us in heaven with him and the Father. And um, he's available to anybody. He wants to be Lord and Savior. And he wants you to know him intimately and accurately. And I pray that for people every day, that you would know God intimately and accurately because you can call anything God or you can say, well, I believe God is love or God is whatever, but um, God is Jesus Christ and he loves you and he loves me. And he loves me, he, he never stopped loving me. He never took his hand off of me. And so, um, I hope that helps somebody. I don't like to get up here. I don't know if I've ever come up here like this before, but I felt like I would be not obeying the Lord to not come. I don't know if you've been picking it up, but I've been picking up a thread that's following through the songs that we're singing, through what Spencer read, through what Megan shared with us. And I hope that God can speak through me, kind of draw that together. I'm going to read the whole chapter from Revelation, from Revelation 4. Try to get my mouth close enough here so you can hear it. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. We're singing about this blessed hope. We're singing about what we're looking forward to. Spencer said this one hope that we're looking forward to, here it is. We're gonna, he's going to show John this which must take place after. At once I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven. How many times did that come out in our songs? It was there, the throne in heaven, and one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow. I heard that in a song. That had the appearance of emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. Seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments, 
golden crowns on their heads, and from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings. Did you hear that come through the songs? Peals of thunder, and before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was, a, as it was, a sea of glass like crystal around the throne. On each side of the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, third living creature with the face of a man, the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, regardless of what they looked like, each of them was six wings and full of eyes all around. What did they do? They were night and day, never ceased to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And that's our hope. Hallelujah. Amen. And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who seated on the throne and lives forever, 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their thrones down before, their crowns down before the throne saying, worthy are you, O our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created. How many times did we sing that this morning? Yeah to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And we hear Megan getting up and saying, her dad, praying for her for how long? And as he was getting ready to leave this life, by faith he said to her, I'll see you in heaven. As heaven gripped us that way that we're looking forward to the awesomeness of it, and we're Reaching out, remember the series that we did, Everyday Disciples? And we saw the things up here on the screen, those that were getting out in their workplace, sharing the gospel, sharing it with their families, going out. Are we still doing that? Does heaven have that grip on us that says, it's awesome, there's half a hope that we have. Come along. We got good news to share. That good news is contrasted by what Jesus said in the next verse after what Megan read. He that believes not is condemned already. Do we really believe that? Do, believe, do we believe that hell was created as a horrible place for Satan and his angels, but some of those people we're talking to around us every day are headed there? God, may it grip our hearts so that we say, this is the, this is the message. The message is come along with us. Jesus Christ came and died to seek and to save the lost. He came to offer us this abundant life. Are we living it so that people see Christ in us and are drawn to him? It's been coming through the message of the song here this morning, through the messages that have been shared. I hope this helped to draw it together a little bit and make it personal for each of us. The one that I come back to is in Corinthians. It says, we're compelled, we're forced, we're drawn by the fact that Jesus Christ died, and if he died, we're as good as dead along with him. We don't have to go out and be afraid of what people are going to think about us. We want to have that passion within us that says, hey, come along with us. We're going to an awesome place. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you how you can be sure you're coming along and headed there too. We've got this blessed hope, but it is the good news of salvation that ties us from where we are to where we're going. God bless. Hi, I'm Sean. Um, 
just about 12 years ago, I became a grandfather for the first time, but now I have five grandchildren. Are you able to hear me okay? Okay. Um, and I'm, I have Irish roots. It's John Carmody is my name, and I'm from County Clare, Ireland. But the word for grandfather in Ireland is Seanathair. And I, I uh, toyed with that word considerably. And it's not Seanathair because my name's Sean, and so it's Seanathair, grandfather. It's like if you were in Ireland and your name's Bob, <laughs> they would call you Seanathair. It's just the word for grandfather. But if you take the word Sean away from that, you wind up with a thair. And I thought, what? That sounds an awful lot like another, like an English word, right? That we know, author. And so I looked up the etymology of father, and it is based on the word author. So a father is the author of our life, right? That's how we started physically, from our father. And so as fathers, we get to write or begin the story of our children. My grandfather and my father disappointed me as many of your fathers have disappointed you. And so when I came to Christ as a young man, my prayers were toward Jesus, always, never to the Father. And they had a, what was that class called? Um, rooted? Rooted. Yeah, rooted. And I took that class here, and they brought up that point. Is you ever? How often do you pray to the Father? Well, I, I never. And so I think sometimes what happens, and what happened, I think, in my life was that I grabbed the pen from my, my earthly fathers and said, you guys are messing my life up, so I'm going to write my own story. And Jesus was my big brother, but I never looked at him as the father. But a few years ago, I learned to pray to the father, which is what Jesus was trying to teach us from the beginning, right? When they said, teach us to pray, he didn't say, well, pray. when you pray, say, dear Jesus. That's not what he said. He said, when you pray, pray our Father. So he wants us to pray to the Father. And if you're a Christian, you're saved, you know Christ is your Savior, God is your Father. And so when I handed the pen over to God the Father and started praying with him as my Father, he began treating me like his child. And I could testify many times about how he was, has been a father to me. But God the Father wants to be your father. Not only technically since you're saved, if you are, but in reality. He wants to sit with you through the hard times as a father. I feel there was one time where I, I was thinking about something that was very heavy and I just felt like he came up and put his arm around me and he, he looked at the situation with me like a father would. And so God is your father, and if you hand the pen over to him, he can rewrite the story the way it should be written. <laughs>